faithless and dishonest as Louis Shackelford. Father was himself a lawyer of the highest standing and knew that his reputation would precede him to Memphis, and so he quietly removed his wife and his four children to the banks of the Mississippi, where we, his family, would be expected to cope with the peculiar institutions of the place, the institutions, that is to say, which one associates with the cotton and river culture of the Deep South. This removal and readjustment required a tremendous effort for us all, and was a strain one way or another on everybody. And yet, on the whole, the move was made quietly and without fanfare in the best Upper South manner. There was nothing Deep South about our family, an important distinction in our minds. Father made no public denunciation of the man who had betrayed him and who had made the move necessary. Instead, that man's name simply became a name that wasn't allowed to be spoken aloud in our new Memphis household. Almost immediately upon arrival in Memphis, this Nashville family of ours heard the news of a rich old widower in our very neighborhood who had taken a notion to remarry and who was being denounced and persecuted by his own middle-aged children. The image of that old man was for me one that I would carry sempiternally in my head even until the present time, as some kind of symbol, I suppose, of Memphis itself. A rich old Memphis father, that is, the provisions of his will already well known, deciding suddenly to take unto himself a second wife, and thus changing the prospects of everybody concerned an utterly selfish act on the old man's part, with no care for past family tradition and no thought of how his descendants would regard him. To complete this picture in my head of this symbolic Memphis situation, there were, of course, the inevitable middle-aged children coming forward in force, and possibly some of the grown-up grandchildren, coming forward, that is, to assert that they would not countenance such a step on the part of their rich and selfish old widower father, who cared more for his own gratification and comfort than for the name and honor of the family. Alas, it was a picture we would see depicted all too frequently during the early years of our life there on the banks of the Mississippi River. When my old mother died two years ago, it didn't at first occur to me that we could have any such difficulty amongst ourselves. We were not, after all, a genuine Memphis family. We had lived in Memphis only thirty years. There were, moreover, no grandchildren in whose names all claims against the father and all justifications of the middle-aged children's behavior were usually made. And my father had long since divested himself of his own land holdings in Upper West Tennessee. Further, I had myself been living off here in Manhattan for more than two decades, the whole matter seemed very remote to me. My only brother was long since dead in the Second War, and my two unmarried elder sisters were well established in an immensely successful business venture. They seemed much too proud and too fond of father to express criticism openly of any course the old gentleman might follow. The fact was, within weeks after mother's death and funeral, my sisters began playfully teasing father about the various old ladies of his acquaintance, those who were inviting him to dine rather regularly. This seemed to me a very healthy sign. My closest friend there in Memphis, Alex Mercer, 
wrote me at the time how much he admired the way Betsy and Josephine were conducting themselves. There was no evidence, Alex assured me, of their taking a protective or defensive role of any kind. And then, within a matter of two or three months, Alex wrote to me to express new admiration for my sisters. Father's social life had by then taken a different turn. The dear old man had begun to appear at nightclubs and bars, not with the old ladies, of course, but with youngish women of a very different sort from those ladies who had him to dine. My friend Alex found this shocking and somewhat disturbing to himself in a personal way, since he had always been one of Father's greatest admirers. But as for my middle-aged sisters, they seemed to delight in this new turn also, and this seemed to me most gratifying. They even wrote me about all of this and said they hoped I might be as broad-minded as they were. It seemed to me a wonderful...